Well, good morning, church. How are you? Good. We're glad you're here. Uh, my name is Brandon, I'm lead pastor here, and I want to uh, give you really just two kind of two announcement updates. First, if you were if you saw in our uh, in the announcements, next week is our baptism class. So if you have not yet been dunked. We want to dunk you. So if you're interested or, or just want to know, what, okay, what does that mean to be baptized? Why should I do it? Uh, register for this class, and you'll get all the information. We'll go through what it is. And then if you're like, yeah, I want to do it, we'll schedule to, to, uh, for a time to get you baptized. If you haven't done it yet, whatever your age is does not matter. Um, it, you, you, need to, you should really think about getting baptized and what that means for you. And then the second is this. So we're in our red letter challenge. So hopefully you guys got your books, most of you, hopefully, right? Um, some of you, uh, you paid and you have yet to get it and you're just maybe waiting to after the service. If you go in the lobby, uh, we have your book waiting for you. Um, we're still waiting. A few, a few uh, boxes have yet to be delivered. So we hopefully have enough to give everyone who bought some, uh, and then we'll, we should be getting more shipments as well. But, so here's the deal. If you are in this, if you got your book or plan on getting it today and you're reading this, uh, we did week one. Week one is over. It was kind of an intro week. If you read it, if you got through it each day, there's, uh, there's only five days for week one. So um, it's not the full seven. So here's, it, this was kind of a, a confusion or challenge even last service. So here's the deal. As of today, if you're going through our red letter challenge with us and there's I think, over 300 people that have got this and are going through it, you should be on day six, right? Does that make sense? It doesn't make sense. You're like, wait, shouldn't it be like seven or eight? No, <laughs> day six. What day are we on? Six. Day six, good. Last service, someone said seven and corrected me every time and I kicked him out of the church. <laughs> No, uh, but we're on day six because week one was only five days. So our new week begins today. It's day six through 12. So if you want to catch up, you just uh, get to day six. If you're already at day six, great. Some of you are ahead. I, I talked to some who were like, hey, we started this weeks ago. And great, uh, you just go for it. We're not going to tell you to stop. So um, if you're doing that, day six, and you'll be on track with us. Uh, it's really good. It's really easy, really bite-sized, and a really, really good way to kind of get into a daily routine of Scripture. So um, that's it for me. This, uh, will you help me welcome this guy? This is my friend, Pastor Andy. Sure. Yep, yep. Did you say Thank sure? You. I said yes, we are. Sure. Hey, he kicked me out of the church last service for correcting him, but he let me <laughs> back in. So I guess we're friends again. So that's, that, that's good. Uh, no, hey, uh, uh, it's great uh, to be here. Like I said, my name is Andy. I'm the associate pastor here. Uh, we're in a series uh, called Tuned In. And that is where we are going to be looking at uh, how to hear from God. And so last week, Pastor Brandon uh, kind of used the word, you kind of go off the radio illustration. You remember what one of those guys uh, are? You know, I kind of, um, a little bummed, my kids will never know, um, you know, how hard it was to hear your favorite song growing up. You know, you had to like call a radio station and be like, you know, play, play this song. This new kid's on the block, so I got to hear it, you know, hanging tough. I can't, you know, but like now they just like, Alexa, play Neil Diamond and it just plays Neil Diamond. So hopefully you at home are listening to Neil Diamond right now. So if your Echo Dot's closed. Anyway, um, but it's, it's kind of, so last week he talked about the Bible. So how do we hear from God? And one of the primary ways the Lord speaks to us is, is, is through God's word. And his, his kind of the, the, the thrust of last week was if you want to hear from God, I need to read what he wrote, right? If you remember, he kind of talked about that. And so um, 
Today, we're gonna, we're gonna kind of take a little, little, another aspect of it, because as we know, communication can be in all sorts of mediums. Uh, communication can happen many different ways. If you know uh, all the different ways that your spouse can communicate with you, sometimes they just look at you and it means there's a lot to get done. You know, uh, or or it uh, means there's a lot you you didn't get done, uh, or you know they they you know they say something and like I, I hear the words that you're saying, but that's not what you're meaning. You know, you say sure I don't mind going to McDonald's for lunch, but that's not what you're communicating. You know, I know you're not saying that. There's a there's communication can happen all sorts of ways, whether you say it or don't say it, whether you you say it and there's and there's a a different tone to it, or whether there's there's words that are left out, or whether there's uh, you know uh, elevated volumes or not. Like communication can be complicated. And hearing can be complicated because understanding can be complicated as well. And when we think about hearing from God, it is uh, equally uh, as as uh, complicated in that there's a lot of different ways that God speaks to us. And they're not exclusive in and of themselves. So, so uh, God's word and looking at the at scriptures is a, probably the primary way. But God also speaks to us in, in multiple uh, other ways as well. And so we're, we're, that's our goal today is to, to look at, we're going to be looking at prayer. Another way that God communicates us. So we're going to be using the scriptures. We're going to be using God's word to kind of talk about that. And so my goal today is, is for us to look at what prayer is. Uh, and, and how does it help us hear from God? And, and so we'll, let's just kind of start looking at the, a, a baseline definition. I love this definition. I've uh, used it for Timothy Keller, who's a pastor, author, uh, theologian. Uh, the, boils it down to this. And it's, it, there's a word that's always hard for me to say, so I apologize ahead of time. But here's what Timothy says. He says, a personal communicative response to the knowledge of God. There's that word, communicative. Prayer is a personal communicative response to the knowledge of God. And why I love this definition is, is really at its core, it is communication with God, but it's a personal response to that. It's my response to, to God, who he is, what he's done, uh, that, that, that uh, really gets, makes it prayer. And, and so uh, if we were to kind of you know, boil it down, it, it, we are just communicating with God. But we look at the scriptures and over 650 prayers in the Bible we, we read. Uh, we, read, we read about, uh, you know, people are praying for, for healing. People are praying for safety. People are praying for thanksgiving. People are, are, are praying out of joy. People are praying out of fear. People, are, you know, are, are praying for someone else. They're praying for themselves. They're praying for a church. They're praying for a nation. They're praying for, for what's going to come down the road. They're praying for generations uh, to come. We, we read about Paul over and over and over praying for a whole churches that they understand Jesus more or that, that, that his friends will, will get better. We read about Jesus and him actually in prayer uh, multiple times. And then we read about Jesus teaching on prayer uh, multiple times as well. We just, you, you can't read hardly any bit of the Bible and not run across prayer in one way, shape, or form. It's just, it's, 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 all, it's all throughout. And so to say, to, to say that prayer is important is an understatement. And to say that prayer is vital to a Christian's um, uh, life is, is, is an understatement too. It is, it is absolutely uh, crucial. Now, we all have kind of a baseline understanding of, of prayer in general, Christian or non-Christian. Um, if, you've, if you grew up in the church, you didn't grow up in the church, we all kind of, there's some things that we kind of think about prayer all in common, that, that it involves, that the prayer is spiritual, that it involves maybe talking to God. Kind of that's what people would say, what is prayer? Well, I guess it's, you know, had something to do with God, something to do with some spiritual realm it, it, it deals in. Uh, we know that, that, you know, you have to close your eyes. 
when you pray, right? That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a mandate, right? Not really in the Bible, but we all just, people think that. Yeah, when you pray, you gotta close your eyes. You know, every meal that, that we pray, uh, but we try to as a family, and it seems like every time we say amen, one of my kids is accusing the other of opening their eyes during that prayer, and then they're like, well, how did you know if your eyes weren't open? And then we got a fight going on. Like, we're just trying to be good parents, you know? And it's like... Uh, our kids just, just kind of, you know, but, but that's kind of an understood thing. You do it before meals a lot of times is what we can all, we all see with. I, prayer, I thought growing up, is boring. Prayer, prayer is boring. Now, part of that was, you know, just me being kind of ignorant and, and uh, childish, but also the, ch- the church I grew up in was, was very, it felt liturgical. It wasn't, you know, necessarily liturgical like we know it, but I remember getting for my, I think it was like fourth or fifth grade birthday, I got a, a, a stopwatch like one of those little digital watches. I thought it was pretty cool. But I'm like, this, this one pastor, the, like, Lord, forgive me for this, but like this one pastor, because someone's probably doing it to me right now, just prayed so long. And I felt that way as a fourth grade. Man, this guy's prayer is so long. What is going on? I'm falling asleep. This is, so I'm like, I'm going to time this thing. So I'm like sitting here like, he's like, okay, let's pray. I'm like, boop. And I just, and, and you know, you remember things differently. You know, they kind of get exaggerated uh, as, you get, as you get older. I swear it was like about a nine minute prayer. You know, where I'm just sitting there, and I just like I had just like thought in my head, like, okay, prayer is just boring. Like it's just because of because of you know some maybe childhood trauma that I had. Uh, but also, you know, the, believe you know, believe that prayer works. That prayer does in fact work. And, but I think a lot of people feel like it's important. That prayer actually is important, and, and prayer. Whether whatever we came here with this morning, thoughts on it, um, we're, we're going to kind of kind of zone in on some things, and we're going to kind of focus on some things. But prayer is both; it's one of those hard concepts because it's both basic communication with God, right? It's both basic yet yet very complex. And as we as we grow in our knowledge and understanding of God, our prayers change and our focuses change, and so it is this kind of um, evolving thing, prayer. And so, and so what, 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 you know, what I, what I want to do here is hopefully we can bring some, some clarity to it. But here's really where I want to, what I want to focus on first. And it's this. This is, this is an incredibly deep statement. So just get your pens out and take this note. Here we go. If you want to learn how to pray, I need to pray. If I want to learn how to pray, I need to pray. Any of you guys ever taught your kid how to ride a bike? Or, or remember when you, maybe you, got, you taught how to ride a bike? I remember trying to explain to my kids how to ride a bike. Okay, well, you know, the, you, know you, you, you get on it, you don't want to lean too far this way or fall or lean too this way, you're going to fall. You always want to keep pedaling because, you know, pedaling means you don't fall more and, and they're just kind of like, okay, they're looking at me thinking, okay, Dad, I understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, but like, what, what is it? I don't, know, I don't understand. And so, and so it, got to, it gets to the point where if you taught a kid how to ride a bike, just get on it, get on it, and you'll see what I mean. Right, get on the bike, and then you're sitting here running behind or trying to run behind. You realize how out of shape you are, holding the back of the seat, you know. And then, and then, and then they start to lean far this way, and you kind of pull them back. They start to lean far that way, you kind of pull them back, and they kind of, oh, okay, that, that that's what they meant by balance. And then when they're pedaling, that motion, you know, keeps them going forward. And like, oh, okay, it's easier to balance when you're doing that. And so, so trying to explain it just doesn't quite work. You got to do it. You got to get on it, and and, and you got to just try. You're gonna fall, but, or you know, but you, you just gotta get on the bike and go. And that's how, that, that's how you learn how to ride a bike. And a bike can be as complicated uh, as you know, you're you're going up the side of a mountain over logs and stuff. You're going down like a lot of people love, you know, kind of the mountain bike and that racing, which I just think is crazy. Um, we want to do it, but some people love it and it's great and it's as complicated as that. 
Or it's as, it's as, it's as simple as, you know, my, my, my five-year-old just going up and down, you know, the sidewalk. And, and, and prayer, if we want to, to understand prayer more, we just need to start doing it. James says in James 5.13, this is a very simple thing. He says, he says if anyone is among you is suffering, let him pray. Uh, if anyone's cheerful, let him sing songs of praise, which is, which is also prayer. He goes on later to say, if you're sick, bring people to pray for you. I mean, James is so practical, but he's like, listen, if, you know, if this is happening, pray. That's pray. Pray. Do this. Pray. Like, just, just do it. Pray. And so, well, if I want to encourage you, the, it, today, the first thing when we think about prayer, just, just start. And if you don't know exactly what that means, hopefully in the next, you know, few minutes as we unpack some of this, you'll get an idea of what exactly that looks like and how that can work. And so, um, let's, let's, let's get into it, shall we? Uh, here's kind of my first, my, first, uh, my first big point here is this. If I want to communicate with God, I need to listen to Jesus. If I want to communicate with God, I need to listen to Jesus. There's certain passages in the scriptures that, that lay out uh, clear commands. You know, we look at, think of the Great Commission, the last thing Jesus said. He kind of sets it up like, hey, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me, therefore go. And you just know like what he's going to tell them. He's like, therefore go make disciples. It's a big deal. He's like, okay, this is a big thing. He's telling them, now that I've died and rose again, disciples, go do this. And it's a big, you know, big passage. And there's a couple passages on prayer where Jesus just sets it up and, and, and you know you need to pay attention to this because you know he's going to be explaining prayer in a, in a, in a, in a big way, in a, in, a, in a clear way. And so we're going to look at these passages, probably one of the more infamous passages, if, if, that's a, if I can say that about Scripture, um, in Matthew 6. So if you've got your Bible, turn to Matthew 6. We're going to spend some time there so you can just you know, kind of camp on that for a little bit. But I want to teach, I want, I'm going to hear from Jesus how Jesus teaches us where and how we are to pray. So, so let's, let, let's go dive into this thing. Matthew 6, I'm going to start in verse 5. This happens during, the, during um, uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. So he's got a lot big audience, mixed audience, people who know him who don't. So here's, here, here's where he, he says it. Verse five, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, uh, and pray to your father who's unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask. There's a lot in there. Feels like a pretty intentional uh, statement. Feels like Jesus is... is um, speaking to some people both uh, for what you should do and then to some people that you need to stop doing. It kind of feels that way, doesn't it? There's some harsh words in there, talking about pagans and hypocrites and such. But he, he lays out, here's what not to do, and, he, and here's how you do it. I want, I want to just, just kind of pick that apart a little bit here. You know, first thing is he's like, hey, uh, don't be like the hypocrites. Now, hypocrite, right, someone who says one thing, does another. Uh, don't be like those guys and just get up in front of people. And, and try to impress with their spirituality. That's what's happening. The religious leaders of the time would stand up, they, they looked the part, they looked great, they sounded great, and they would make sure they had an audience and then just start praying these, these probably eloquent sounding prayers with a, with a great vocabulary, with, with you, know, you know, just phrases that, that people were awed 
at. And Jesus is saying, don't be like those guys. Don't do that. Don't do that. You know, in fact, these guys, the reward that they're gonna get from God, they, they, they have. People are super impressed with their prayer. That's their reward. That these people that are listening think that they're spiritual. That's, that's the reward they get. But God's not listening. God's not listening. You know, sometimes, dare I say it in our own spiritual walks, we sometimes um, want to play the part rather than being the part. You know, we want to, we want to uh, let someone know that I am very spiritual and that I am, you know, I can say, but rather than actually just living it out and letting kind of your, your, your life speak for itself. And these guys were, were doing that. They, they were in Jesus, like, this isn't how we pray. That is not the point of prayer. In fact, it is the opposite of that. Uh, you need to go in your house. You need to go in your, in, in your closet. You need to close the door. You, you get on your knees and you, and you pray to God. You, you, you pray with no one around, with no one hearing you, with nobody judging, with no, with no one trying to lift you up, no one trying to be, impress you. It's just you and God. What is it about that scenario that, that somehow would be God-honoring? You know, when we know that someone is, is, is uh, watching or someone's listening, sometimes we just, we act differently. Sometimes we try to impress. Sometimes we really, all of a sudden, like I'm, I'm thinking about God, but now I'm thinking about what this person actually thinks about this thing that I just said. And, you know, maybe I'll change it a little bit. And, and it, it, all of a sudden our focus goes off of God and comes onto ourselves. But if I'm in a room by myself, there's no one listening. There's no one hearing, there's no one judging. This is a time for me to be authentic before God. And so what Jesus is saying, this is, you, you don't do this so everybody can be impressed. Do this so you can connect with God. Prayer is about connecting with God in, a, in an authentic, open way. And that is how we are to approach him. It's not that being in a secret place, God will listen to you, but if you pray outside on your porch, God stops listening to you, and then you go back inside and get the prayers that you really want answered. Like, like Jesus says that, but what he's really meaning is when you're out in front of people and trying to impress them, your heart is not even close to the things of, of God. You're not even like thinking about what God, you know, God's will and what he would desire for you. You're thinking about what you want. And so Jesus is saying, listen, when you're, when you're by yourself and being authentic in front of God, that's when your prayers become more authentic. That's when, you're, that's when, when, when what God wants and what you want can match up because you're finally thinking about him and not about yourself. So when Jesus says in secret, the Lord listens to your prayers and hears them. He's saying in secret, our, our, our hearts are more, can tend to be more aligned with God's in that scenario. And God listens to people who will approach him authentically and sincerely, not trying to impress, but really just coming before God and wanting to communicate. God is not impressed with your eloquence. He's not impressed with your spirituality. He's not impressed with like, really, he's just, there's nothing I can do that's like, God, watch this. I've been working on this prayer, it rhymes, and I use like a lot of big syllable words. It's gonna blow your mind. Listen, that doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Uh, and, and so we, we need to look at, at what Jesus talks and the things that we need to get rid of and embrace and, and, and realize that, that since God knows what we're gonna ask for, even before we, we know we need it, even before we ask for it, he knows it. He knows it. It's almost as if he's not, he's, he's not learning from my prayers. I'm not teaching God what I actually need. He knows it. I just need to realize it. <laughs> it's a me thing, not a God thing. And so when we approach God, authenticity and, and, uh, is, is more important than impressing those uh, who are around us. 
And so what we do now is we turn, we turn towards Christ. We turn towards, towards Jesus. And, we, and, we, and as Christians, we study Jesus. We, we look at him because we want to understand him more. I just finished a, I just finished a book um, w- w- with some friends. It's about a guy named uh, Frank Hamer. Um, he's a, I don't know if you guys have heard that name before, but he um, was a Texas Ranger, born in the late 1800s. And uh, he's a lawman, infamous lawman in Texas. Pretty impressive uh, lifestyle, or pretty impressive, like, like, you know, history of this book is unreal about what he's done. It's kind of crazy. But he, you probably know him from, he's the guy who caught uh, Bonnie and Clyde. Um, that's that's kind of the more the most popular. So that was the end of his uh, his career. But I, he had a in, in his biography, he's got a section where he kind of recounts how he ended up tracking down Bonnie and Clyde. And he has a, just a, it's, a, it's a statement written from you know the 30s when it happened, and he was describing his methods. And so he you know he said you know well as an investigator you want to try and understand uh, who you're. Uh, who you're getting to try and get into their mind to anticipate their moves and learn how they do it. So he says, I bought the same car, you know, same car, same engine that, that Bonnie and Clyde uh, drove. Now they lived in their car. So he's, I'm going to live in my car. So he lived in his car for, for months and months and, and he would follow the same paths he knew they took. He would go to the same, uh, you know, shops and, and, and restaurants that they would, that were, where they would go to. And he, he, he essentially immersed himself into this you know, uh, mimicking of of behavior, almost not full behavior, but mimicking of where they went, what they did, who they visited, uh, and and the time. I mean, so it, and he kind of was able to map out then. Okay, this is the, you know kind of triangulate where they go, uh, how they get there, what kind of roads they take, side roads, main roads, how long do they stay, and so through his mimicking of them and through things, ended up actually ended up you know setting up a, a you know scenario and actually got them, um, and kind of based on his leg work and and I, th- I was reminded is, is how as as a uh, as a Christian we try to learn and know as much about Jesus as we can by doing by, by trying to do what, what what he did and live how he lived and we want to pray how he prayed so we can understand him more not that we're trying to just necessarily investigate someone or you know catch Jesus but like we're trying to understand God more and when we look at how Jesus lived and, and what he did and how he did it that's how we do it and so when we look at this next passage here, that next passage that I'm, I'm positive darn near everybody has, has read before or at least heard of, um, this is what we're trying to do. We're, we're, we're trying to figure out, get to the mind of Jesus so we can help connect with him better. We're gonna look at Matthew 6, 9, uh, known as the Lord's Prayer is what this section is. And so you guys, it's hard to read this without having that like chant, you know, everyone said it once. So I'm just gonna read it. Um, and this is, this, is, there's, this is recorded in a couple different versions, but obviously this is one of Matthew. Uh, this then is how you should pray, which is a great like, hey, I wonder how to pray. Jesus is like, this is how to do it. Excellent. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Uh, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. How many of you guys have memorized that as a, as, as a kid or, or remember reading, reading that out loud? Uh, well, Luke's version of this is a little different, but I like the preface uh, in Luke's. So we're just gonna go back real quick, but keep your thumb in that, in that section. Luke 11, this is the, kind of the preface to how Luke says it. He says, now, now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as, as John has taught his disciples. So he said to them, and then he gives the Lord's Prayer there. But here's what's interesting about this. Jesus' disciples saw how Jesus would pray. 
They, they, they saw how we would pray, probably heard how we'd pray, probably multiple times they're, they're saying to themselves, there's something different about the way that Jesus is praying. There's something, something that he's doing that I'm not. Now, these guys they, that he was with, they knew prayer. They understood prayer. They had prayed. So it's not like they were, they were this is like a whole new concept. Like, what is this prayer thing you speak of? They're like, no, we, we were taught how to pray as kids, but like, you're doing it different. And, and, and I can only imagine them thinking like, yours seems better than mine. <laughs> you know, you, you seem like, God seems like listening to you, not, not me, you know, I mean, Jesus has an unfair advantage, I know, but, but they're looking at this and something else is there. And so Jesus then says, okay, well, here it is. Here's how to do it. And that's what we come to. So let's kind of take this, the Lord's Prayer and kind of look at it uh, verse by verse and think, okay, how does this, what does this look like in my prayer life? And as we go through this, think to yourself, do I pray this way? Do I pray this way? And, and if I don't, how can I? Or what, is, what would this look like? So let's look at it. First line, back in, in, in Matthew 6. It says, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. The first thing we do when we pray that Jesus says is to acknowledge God and how holy he is. The first thing we do is not, God, I really need this. God, financially, I'm struggling a little bit. God, I'm kind of sick. God, I got, you know, I got something I need your help with. You know, no, no, no. First thing we do when we pray, first thing is we recognize who God is. Recognize like, not just who he's, where he is. And we recognize our relationship with him, our father who is in heaven. Our Father, there's a, there's a kinship there. There's a family aspect. There's I am I am in God's family. I am God's child. Like I like I'm a part of this. Yet you are so holy and so high above me, God. I recognize both of those things, and I praise you for that. You are both you are both in my life, but you are so far above me. And so when we pray, that's how we start. We we lay down the playing field. God, you are you are holy. And, and, and you are far above me, yet you have made me part of your family. And that's how Jesus, that's how we start. Next, next verse, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is where we recognize that God is to be the king in our lives and on earth like he is in heaven. God is to be the king in my life your kingdom come. Lord, I want to live out your kingdom here while I'm, while I'm still here. I want to live in a way that, that shows that you are my king. But I also, I also know that your will be done more than my will. And I also know that, 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 that your, your will is greater than mine. My, your desires are, are, are pure. Holy Lord, I want that to be done in my life just like it's done in heaven. Well, so far we haven't really like gotten to my part. You know, we really haven't gotten to like where, where I get, you know, it's, it's so far it's just been only about God. Our prayers should be focused first on God. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. This is in heaven. Next, this is where we come in now. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. In other words, may, may the Lord provide what I need and may I be able to forgive others the way I have been forgiven. Now, when he says, give us this day our daily bread, the, the people listening, they, they, they were Jews. They know their history. They know where they came from. They know, give us this day our daily bread is a reference to, to in, the, in, the, in the desert when they're wandering and God would provide manna for them, this bread every morning, just just there. This, this manna, God would provide for them and, and just they were solely reliant on him. 
They needed him. And if God didn't show up in their lives at that time, they would not eat. And so when Jesus makes that reference, they understand that this, this is very much, hey, Lord, give me what exactly what I need. God, provide, right? give me this day my daily bread. And then so, so, so it's acknowledging, you know, uh, what I need, but then also uh, physically, then also switches to spiritually as well. And, and, and forgive, forgive us our debts as we've forgiven our debtors or forgive our trespasses as we've forgiven those who trespass against us. Some of you may have um, memorized it as, but that right there is a scary verse because there's stuff that's been done to us that is bad. <laughs> that is that if we were to sit down here and just write it all out, okay, this happened to me. I didn't do anything. I didn't deserve it. It just, it just, it just happened. It would be tragic and it would be terrible. So we collected them all. We would just be crying and blubbering and like, this is terrible. No one's forgiven, <laughs> right? Uh, but, but yeah, Jesus is, is saying, um, we have to learn to forgive. Whatever wrongs have happened to me, um, God, help me somehow, somehow, Help me to forgive that person just as you have forgiven me for my sin against you. In our prayers, we have to acknowledge that, that, that I, got, I have a role in, in my interaction with other people that I need to forgive them as well. That's a big, we just read that line, but man, that's a lot. That's heavy. But that's how Jesus says we are supposed to pray. And finally, the last line here, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Lord, keep me from sin and temptation. This is how we are to pray. This is how we are to interact with God. This is how, this is how Jesus teaches us explicitly, this is what it looks like. For you and I to connect with God, and, and I don't see my, my wants in here at all. I don't see the things that I like. Like, I don't see, like, you know, where is it? It's, it's almost like God doesn't want us to do that. It's almost like God is saying, I want you to focus on, on, on me and not just this, the, the, the little things that are around you that you may think you'd want. You see, when the listeners heard this, they're, they're basically hearing, I got to praise and worship God through my prayer. Um, I, I'm looking to, the, the God's will is more important than mine. I'm, I'm looking to God then can take care of my needs spiritually and physically. So they're hearing this thinking like, okay, this, this is what that looks like. This is what it means to, to have a, a thriving life. Now, 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 this is where the hearing comes in. This is where the hearing comes in. I know it's kind of counterintuitive to say, like, you know, if I, if I you know, me communicating with God means I'm actually hearing from God, but, but it, it, it works. See, Jesus has given us, so to speak, the, 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 the radio code to kind of go with the metaphor here. He's given us a station identification where we know where to go now. We know where to dial in, where if, where if I want to hear that, that, that voice, I want to hear God, I know exactly where I need to go. And it's following this model, not using these words specifically, right? These aren't magic words. It's the, it's the concepts that Jesus teaches that if we can incorporate it into our prayers, all of a sudden now, my, 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 uh, my mind is gone where, where, where God's mind is going. He wants me to, to go where he, I'm going where he wants me to go. And all of a sudden, then I start understanding God just a little bit more. I mean, do you pray this way? <laughs> do, do I pray this way? This is, this, is, this is kind of sobering when you think, this is how I'm supposed to pray. This, my prayers are like, God, uh, you know, I want to win the lottery prayed that prayer before. Don't, you know, I'll raise my hand. You guys can put yours down. But I know you did at one point. 
but like, I, like I'm, I've, I've prayed prayers that are, that are like embarrassing, <laughs> right? Because th- when I think back on how like, what, when I, how I was, I'm like, oh God, I'm so sorry for that. Lord, forgive me for that. Uh, I just didn't, you know, I, I didn't understand. And as we, as, as we grow, I'm, I'm, this next point here, it, it's, just, it's just, I think it's true, is that as we grow in understanding of God, our conversations with God will become clearer. As we grow in our understanding of him, our conversations with God will become clearer. The more I, I interact with him in, 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 in that way that Jesus says, the more I start to understand, okay, this is what this looks like. Okay, this is why God wants me to focus on him and not on myself. Um, and, and I start to kind of get you know, why we're doing this. And one of the things, um, one of the things I, I, I love watching, I love watching people who are experts in something, like, like do their thing. And I, I may not even like the, the, what they're doing. Like, I'm not, I'm not big into art, but I, I love watching Bob Ross. Like, you watch this guy and you're just like, hey, and like, like, like three minutes ago, you had just a white canvas and now you have this like amazing scene and like, I thought that was a mistake, but that was actually, it turned into a tractor. Like what, like that's amazing. Like he's just, you know, and his dialogue's pretty hilarious too. His hair's awesome. But like, like I love watching people like who are experts in the field do the thing. I watch so many like building uh, YouTube channels that it's just like, it's just weird. I keep watching these things. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. You know, I never build, I never build to do that kind of stuff. Uh, but I love watching those things, the cake making shows. You know, I just make funfetti cakes, but these guys are making these like crazy, crazy, like big, uh, you know, cakes, I think like sports, men or women, like at the top of their game. I just like watching them. I mean, I, I, I liked watching Tom Brady win the Super Bowl. I'm like, that's just impressive. He's my age. He's my age. I'd be dead, right? Like, I'd just, he, he's alive and he made it. I'm like, you know, I heard those boos. I'm like, I'm just impressed. I'm not even like, I'm like, oh, this guy's, whoa. I die, but it's like, but like I think of like you know the, the the Malcolm Gladwell. He's an author. Says you know that that um, it takes ten thousand hours to kind of master something. And so you know when we when we tune into these the painters and the the athletes and we paint you know to these these craftsmen. When we when I tune in and watch them, I'm watching somebody who spent years and years and years on this craft. And, I've, and, and, and so I'm just seeing like a blip of it. I'm like, just, my mind is blown by how amazing it is, but I don't see the other stuff. I don't see the, you know, the, the projects that failed, the games that were lost, the, you know, the, the, the paintings that really did mess up and couldn't turn into a tractor. I don't know, I don't think Bob, Bob Ross could ever mess up, but I see that and I think like, okay, well, I, I sometimes compare myself to that standard. And I think when we see... Uh, somebody who's, who's been tracking with Christ, who's lived with him forever, and I look at that, I think like, why am I not there? Like, why can I not pray like that? Why can I not, like, you know, act like they do and actually carry myself, you know, respectably? Like, why can't I do that? I, I, I have to remind myself, this is a process. And when we think of our prayer life, I can't just snap my fingers and all of a sudden prayer is just, a, just an amazing dialed-in thing for me. I got to practice it. I got to start it. I got to do it. I got to think like, okay, how am I supposed to pray? Okay, Jesus says that. Okay, let me try this. And, and, and I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. James 5.16 says that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Well, the prayer of a righteous person is, is powerful and effective because that righteous person has, has aligned their heart with God's and they understand God and they understand where, what he wants for my life and maybe what he doesn't want necessarily. So, you know, when you get guided and when you hear from him, it's not this like out of left field type thing. You're like, well, of course he wants that because he doesn't want me to, you know, to, to, to 
you know, to go this direction because that, that would lead me to like, I shouldn't win the lottery because like, I'm just gonna be greedy and ridiculous with the money. Like that is not what God wants. Like, you know, the righteous man is like, yeah, I, I know that like it's dangerous to be a rich person. The Bible says that over and over and over. And so I just, as I look back on my life and I kind of reflect on this, the worship team is gonna come out now. We're gonna kind of start the close here. But, but I look back on my, on my teenage years when I kind of started following Christ. And I think through the prayers that I prayed were, they, they were the prayers that a teenager would pray, right? God, may I win this game and, you know, hit a basket for once. You know, Lord, may you know, this girl start talking to me. Uh, Lord, may this girl stop talking to me. <laughs> I never had to pray that. Um, uh, but that, 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 I fast forward now to where I am and like just it, my prayers are so different because I understand God so much more and I don't, I don't think that I'm some pinnacle of righteousness but I have grown since my teenage years and, and my prayer has changed and hearing from God through my prayer has, has totally changed and totally evolved that it's the old adage you know I, I, I'm not where I should be but thank God I'm not where I was I feel like my prayer life fits that so I, I want to I finish with this if I want to hear from God, I need to have a conversation with Him. It, 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 it needs to start. You and I have to start. We have to have that conversation with Him if we want to hear from Him. It's, it's the Bible, like we talked about last week, and we add prayer to that as well. They go hand in hand. Will you stand with me while we close in prayer? Seems like a fitting thing to do after a prayer sermon. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just acknowledge God, that, that we're here because of you. Um, we're listening and tuning in at home because of you. God, and we, we, we acknowledge that, that um, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and uh, we are so thankful that we can't even have that communication with you. God, I don't understand why you, you want that communication with us, Lord, but you, you, you do. And, and so I just thank you for that. And, and I pray as we stumble through this life and as we try to hear from you. I pray that you will guide us in, in how we approach you. May, you may, may we approach you the way your son did, that, that, that we would acknowledge who you are and where you reign, that we would acknowledge that your will should be done on, on earth as it is in heaven. God, that you would provide what we need and that we would be able to forgive, Lord, as you have forgiven us and that you would not lead us into temptation. Lord, give us the, the sense and, the, and, the, and the, remind us to practice these kind of prayers, Lord. I pray you would be speaking to us loud and clear like I know you do. We, we love you, Lord, and we just thank you that we can have that communication with you. And Lord, may this last song just be uh, uh, pleasing to your ears. And may this just be our, our prayer to you in this time. We ask this in your name. Amen.